I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're talking about today is increasing your productivity. So many people come to me and say, Dr. Joe, I'm just not as productive as I used to be. A lot of it is because we're isolating at home. A lot of it is uh, some people are very gregarious. They like being around other people. And so if there's isolation or you know self-isolation, you may not be socializing. I mean, people are missing concerts and live sporting events and even parties. I went to a party the other day and I was at my friend John's house and I really didn't feel like socializing much. I think it's a skill that you develop over time. And if you don't use it, you lose it. That's what I felt. It's like I just didn't feel like chatting like I usually do. I'm usually a little chatterbox. So I'm, I'm seeing that we're, we're kind of losing our... Uh, skills when it comes to socializing. And so many times when that happens, we become less productive. We get tired. uh, We get fat. A lot of people complaining about the quarantine 15, the extra weight they've put on during quarantine. Um, They talk about lack of social skills. In fact, I was listening to my friend Eric Von Hessler today on radio, and he was talking about uh, the concerns that parents are having with children learning from home. And is it going to affect their ability to learn? And the answer is yes, I believe it will. Because I think it's important to be in a social setting, and I think it's important to be around other people. This is not a political statement. I'm just saying that if we learn from home, I'm not sure we're going to get everything. Now, the only good thing is that everybody across the world is in the same boat we are. And so you're going to be at the same level of everybody else. It's not like another country is going to skyrocket past us because we're all in the same, uh, they have a better situation than we do. But... uh, Productivity is a key, and I want to give you some of the tips that I use every day to keep my productivity high, and I I want you to start incorporating them. I think you'll be pretty happy with them. One of the big complaints I get is people get tired after lunch. Anybody do that? You immediately get tired? I bet you do. A lot of people do. Some people say it's a food coma. Oh, my God, I ate so much out of food coma. It's a human experience. It happens, but it doesn't have to be uh, something that happens to you because it's based on what you're eating. So it's not even so much the volume, it's based on the content of the food. So you can curtail that by just making a few tweaks. Now, a lot of it has to do with carbohydrates. So if you're eating sugars, which could be breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, regular sugar, your sugar spikes your insulin levels, and then you have this rush of energy because the insulin goes into the cell, opens up the cell, allows glucose in, the cells get a rush of energy, but then it crashes. And so many times that's what happens. So you want to eat what's called low net carb foods. Now, what does that mean? If you look at the ingredient label, it'll say how many carbs are in something. So let's assume something has 50 carbs, which is a lot, okay? Maybe a can of soda might have that much. But if you're eating something that has 25 grams of fiber, it's only 25 net carbs because it's carbs minus fiber. So eating things like uh, fruits and vegetables aren't going to significantly impact your blood sugar because they, they have fiber in them, and the fiber is going to push the food through the colon. It has other nutrients involved. Uh, if you drink something like an apple juice... No fiber, big difference. So whole foods like fruits and vegetables are pretty good. Uh, Sugars and grains like rice and pastas, things like that, uh, and including most processed foods, and that's what a lot of people eat, processed foods, break down into the individual sugar units and they're absorbed into the bloodstream and that affects the insulin. So what I do in my office, I have certain cans of food. I have cans of beans. I have cans of uh, split pea soup. 
Now, in an emergency, and I usually bring my lunch every day. I usually bring a salad or something like that. But sometimes I plan on going home to have lunch or whatever I plan on having, and, and something changes, and I can't get out. And that happened yesterday, as a matter of fact. So uh, then you could eat something like a simple can of beans. Now, you sound, Dr. Joe, I'm going to open up a can of beans and eat it right out of the can? Yeah. Why not? It's an emergency. It doesn't have to be an everyday meal. But, you know, may have some hot sauce. Throw some hot sauce in there. That's the way I like it. But eating foods that are high in fiber are going to prevent you from having that crash. So rapidly digested carbohydrates, your blood sugar spikes, and then you have the crash. The crash can make you sleepy. And it's one of the things that can put you in a food coma. The other thing that happens is you eat fatty foods. So let's assume one day for lunch you have a salad, okay? And you have, you know, whatever you want to put in a salad, broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, avocados, celery, lettuce, and you have a good dressing in my book, Eating Right for the Health of It. We have a whole chapter on nothing but salad dressings. And maybe you put some, uh, I don't know, some sunflower seeds or toasted uh, sesame seeds or something like that on there. And you eat that, see how you feel. You're going to feel good. Then the next day, go out and have some pizza, some eggplant parmesan, uh, some chicken parmesan on bread, even, even worse. Uh, and notice how you feel. You'll crash. You have to crash because the fatty foods will clump your red blood cells together. Red blood cells carry oxygen, so that'll make you tired. The carbohydrates, the sugars, the pastas and the breads will spike your blood sugar and you'll crash. And so, and if you eat something like meat, uh, pro- proteins are really hard to digest. It takes a lot of energy to digest animal proteins. So if you're eating an eggplant parmesan or a veal parmesan sandwich, yeah, you're going to get tired. And then what do you do? You have a three o'clock coffee break. I don't have coffee breaks. I don't even know what that means. But I see it with some of my staff and some of the patients. At 3 o'clock, they're sucking down coffee because they got to stay awake. A lot of it has to do with what they're eating. So the insulin spike that occurs after you eat the high-carb meal increases an amino acid called tryptophan to enter into your brain. Now, tryptophan is the precursor to serotonin, and serotonin becomes melatonin. So serotonin calms you down. Melatonin helps you sleep. So... Uh, if you're eating these high-carb meals, we've talked about the serotonin uh, uh, issues before, uh, and sometimes it's a, you don't have enough of it, and that could be things like ADD, where you're hyper all the time. So what we do is we want to get the tryptophan levels up in your body so that the tryptophan can combine with V6 and create something called 5-HTP, and 5-HTP becomes serotonin, and that calms you down. Well, you can do that with food, but you can also do it with digestion. So if you have things like acid reflux, heartburn, excuse me, burping, gas, bloating, the stomach could be pushed up against your diaphragm. If the stomach is pushed up against the diaphragm and spasmed or you have low stomach acid, you may not be breaking the proteins into the amino acids. The amino acid tryptophan becomes serotonin. So I can't tell you how many patients in the past 37 years, I guess, or more actually, I found that have learning disorders, ADD, ADHD, inability to focus, depression, and we fixed their digestive system, fixed their stomach acid levels, and now their brain is working normally. And so a lot of times when I have emotional disorder patients coming in, we have to work on their digestive system, we have to work on their diet as well, and we see what many consider miracle results. Now, can't hit, fix everybody, I'm not making promises, but it's pretty incre- incredible what happens when you do that because 95% of the serotonin is produced in your gut and that sets the pace for digestive uh, transit moving things around and it acts as an immune system regulator so you need that serotonin but 95% of it is in the gut the gut serotonin not only acts on a digestive system but it's also released into the bloodstream which can then act on your brain particularly a part of the brain called the hypothalamus. Now, if you've listened to my shows before, you've heard me talk about the hypothalamus a lot. It's probably my favorite part of the brain because it controls hunger, uh, it controls thirst, and here it controls 
the regulation of emotions. So the hypothalamus has to be working properly. So theoretically, if you tryptophan-rich foods uh, and you combine it with carbohydrates, that can make you sleepy. So you think about what? Thanksgiving. Oh, doctor, tryptophan, the turkey wiped me out, man. I was so tired. Chances are it's not the turkey because most meats, most animal products have the same amount of tryptophan. So it's probably the fact that you ate a lot of carbohydrates and proteins and also the volume. You're just eating too much food on things like Thanksgiving and Christmas. You shouldn't eat so much that you're stuffed. I remember a comedian talking about all-you-can-eat buffet. And he said, you're not supposed to eat all you can eat. And that's a very profound statement. You don't have to finish the whole turkey dinner. You don't have to finish the buffet. And when you do, that's when you start having problems. So it's, it's the type of food, the combination of food, and the volume of food. So if you eat something similar, what we call a mono meal, that's just one thing, or if you eat something in the similar categories like a salad, chances are you're not going to do too poorly. You're going to do pretty well, actually. So it's because it can be difficult to uh, uh, digest large amounts of tryptophan in your diet, uh, eating primarily processed foods is also linked to depression as well. So if you put too much of anything in your body, that's not a good idea, even water. And so the key here is making sure you're eating a variety of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds and staying away from the things that are hard to digest, the animal protein, the saturated fats, the volume of food. Because remember, when you're hungry, you're not hungry for food. You're hungry for nutrition. And I'm the same way. If there's a lot of food around, I'm going to eat it. So my rule is this. If you're on lockdown, if you're in a house, if you're, and this may be the new norm. We may be learning from work. I was talking to Sabrina Cupid, a uh, co-worker of mine at the station today, and she was saying too, she goes, I wouldn't want to be in commercial real estate right now because so many businesses are closing. I just saw 500 men's stores, uh, the, the, the parent company of uh, Joseph A. Bank, 500 men's stores closing down um, because people aren't buying clothes because they're not going out. Uh, 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 fancy dress manufacturers, fancy underwear manufacturers, not doing really well right now because you're not going out and partying, so you're keeping the same stuff you have. So, but I digress there. Tryptophan, only amino acid that be can be converted into serotonin. So the only way you're going to get serotonin is make sure you have enough tryptophan. Tryptophan is the rarest amino acid in our diet. Now, things like eggs have a lot of tryptophan in it. I don't recommend eating animal products. If you do eat animal products, I recommend you eat organic. Not free range, not high omega-3. It has to have the word organic in the name. If it's not organic, I would not recommend eating it. Um, carbohydrates have virtually no tryptophan whatsoever, but you need the carbohydrates to convert the tryptophan into serotonin. So it's actually pretty hard to get tryptophan into your body to start with. Uh, taking processed foods as, as what most people eat, it's even harder because a lot of those are tryptophan depleted. So you got to get the tryptophan into the brain to make the brain happy and to focus. Too much, which is actually pretty hard to do unless you're eating a lot of animal proteins, can be the issue. 99.9% .9 of tryptophan is ingested. Uh, it's in your gut. It's turned into tryptophan there. And it can also clot your platelets. And so very little tryptophan then gets into the brain. So once again, the saturated fats can clump your red blood cells together. So tryptophan has to share an amino acid transporter with two relatively common amino acids called phenylalanine and tyrosine. So what does that mean? Uh, th those are the precursors of dopamine. You've heard me talk about that before. So if you're eating a lot of processed foods, you're not getting a lot of tryptophan in your diet, and you're getting more of the common amino acids, phenylalanine and tyrosine, those are going to get transported through the body easier. It's kind of like the, 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 the Uber ride. And uh, the, the phenylalanine and tyrosine are a lot more available, so they're going to get more rides than the tryptophan up into the brain, into the gut. 
So your ability to get tryptophan across the blood-brain barrier uh, can also be an issue. There's a, there's, a, there's a chemical barrier around the brain. It's called the blood-brain barrier. And so that's got to get in there too. So building up serotonin can be real challenging. And serotonin helps you focus. And so if you don't have enough of that focus ability, you're probably going to get tired. Okay, you can't focus, you look around, you get tired. So we got to get the gut working. And this is the thing nobody seems to talk about. I can eat foods high in tryptophan. So you can eat things like uh, 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 spirulina. Spirulina, by the way, it's in Dr. Joe's Super Greens, excellent source of tryptophan. And I take uh, Super Greens every single day. You should too, by the way. Um, so I would strongly invest Super Greens. I'd also recommend Dr. Joe's Essential Source, which is the minimum supplements everybody should be taking every day. Super Greens and Essential Source. Another benefit, it seems like every show we have another benefit of Super Greens and Essential Source. Another benefit of uh, Super Greens is that it's high in tryptophan because it's high in spirulina. So that's a great source of tryptophan. A lot of people tell me they take Super Greens and Essential Source. They'll take it even twice a day. I take it once a day. Most, some people take it twice a day and they don't need coffee breaks. They stay awake. They're more productive. So it's a little trick that I recommend people do. If you're starting to get tired, you want to increase productivity, at least Super Greens is an essential source. Get the animal products and junk food, the processed foods, the sugars, the cakes, the donuts, the ice cream, get them out of the house. Because if they're in the house, what are you going to do with them? You're going to eat them. The bottom line is you're going to eat them. So if they're in the house, you're going to be very tempted and you're going to want to eat them. Get the bad food out of the house and then you're not tempted. The other day, I told this story the other day on one of my shows. Uh, the other day, what happened was I, I, I was at home. I was doing a lot of housework and cleaning and gardening. And of course, I opened the refrigerator. I wanted to eat something. So if I had had cookies and cakes and donuts, which I normally wouldn't eat, but if let's say they were gluten-free vegan donuts or something, I would have eaten them. They were quick. They were easy. But when I opened the refrigerator... I had cherries and blueberries in there. What did I eat? Cherries and blueberries. So what's ever in the house, you're going to eat. So if you're trying to increase productivity, get the bad food out of the house. Chia seeds, great source of tryptophan. Uh, wheat germ, not a big fan of wheat germ, uh, but I would recommend you get that out of the house as well. And then nuts. And so eating nuts every day is a real good idea. So walnuts, cashews, uh, pistachios. I don't recommend peanuts because peanuts... Uh, have a, a, a something called a mycotoxin on them, and mycotoxins can cause issues. You want to get the mycotoxins out of your life because mycotoxins cause allergic reactions. It's a fungus. Uh, so, and peanuts are also high in arginine, and, that can, and too much arginine in the diet can actually cause herpes viruses to be stimulated. And so many times if people eat peanuts, they'll have herpes virus outbreaks, shingles, oral, genital. There's over 100 different types of herpes viruses. So you got to understand that uh, peanuts not a good thing. But eating more uh, Dr. Joe's super, uh, uh, super Greens, of course, which is the, the spirulina, chia seeds, wheat germ, again, I'm not a big fan of that, and nuts are great sources of tryptophan, and that might be something you might want to consider adding to your diet. That's going to help the brain focus, and that'll help you uh, prevent you from getting tired because you're not eating the processed foods. So back to why do we fall asleep? One speculation is that there's a tie between sleep, sleep and being satisfied, uh, which may act as a kind of switch, letting a mammal, us, know that it's okay to sleep. When you're hungry, you stay on your edge. When you're full, you want to go to sleep. And so some people theorize that it might be an evolutionary thing, that when you were a hunter-gatherer, you had to go out and get your food. Once you got your food, okay, I'm, I got my food, I'm okay to go take a nap now. Well, could be, could not be. Uh, another possibility is sleep is a default behavior uh, when an animal doesn't have to be on alert. And once again, if you're on your alert, you have to stay on your edge. Um, once we know that it's safe, we can then go to sleep. And one of the things we know it's safe is when our bellies are full. So 
you're seeking food. When you're hungry for food, you're not hungry for food. You're hungry for nutrition. Eat the nutritious foods. You'll stay awake and you won't be drifting off into that, that crazy sluggishness that happens. And that'll help your productivity as well. Uh, big protein meals. Also, also, what about just instead of having one big meal at lunch, you know, waiting for that lunch break and then just gorging yourself, having multiple meals throughout the workday, just yeah. small snacks. And that's a great idea Garrett had there, is, is, and that's what I do, and I think, a lot, I think you do too, um, is you just nibble throughout the day. So I have my Super Greens and Essential Source for breakfast. Uh, sometimes in the summer, if I want to get crazy, I'll throw some frozen fruit in there, kind of make a smoothie, just kind of cools you off. Then I'll bring a salad with me usually for lunch. Right around 10, 11 o'clock, I'll have a tomato salad, regular salad, sometimes an avocado. And then when lunchtime comes around, I'm not starving. Because what do you do when you're starving? What do you do? You make bad decisions. And when we're, when we're in a altered brain mode, we make bad decisions. Alcohol does it, uh, and hunger can do it. So uh, lunchtime comes around, I'm not famished. I'm not ordering, you know, two big subs from a sub shop and maybe some pizza and wolfing it down. I'll say, okay, what should I have now? And a lot of times I'll, 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 I'll have things from home. Uh, real simple thing I just made the other day, I had some uh, 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 black beans. And I said, okay, what can I do black beans to make them a little exciting? Now you could just throw some hot sauce on if you want. But I had some vegan sour cream. So I put some sour cream on top of it, put some salsa on top of it. And I had a three-layer dip, basically. Now, if you have a guacamole, in fact, we got to make a video for this. It was a really good idea. I like this idea. You can buy little frozen containers of guacamole, individual servings. Put them in your freezer. So you can have beans and uh, sour cream, which is something you may have to have around, uh, organic salsa, chopped up tomatoes, some onions, maybe some uh, guacamole. And now you've got a five-layer dip or a seven-layer dip, however many layers you want to make out of it. Real quick, real easy, real inexpensive, and a lot of fiber. It's going to slowly move through your colon and give you a steady release of energy. So something like that might be a good lunch. I make a lot of soups in the winter, split pea soup, uh, bean soups, lentil soups, and so I'll do that as well. Uh, but if you're eating a high-fiber meal at lunch, uh, you're going to feel pretty good. And if you could barely keep your eyes open, uh, they found studies, actually did this study on fruit flies. I mean, how do you study a fruit fly's appetite? And who paid to study a fruit fly's appetite? Can I get that job? You want that job? Okay, I'm going to study. And, and how would we know if you're doing a good job? I'll, I'll tell you. You'll tell, exactly. You would never <laughs> lie to me, of course. So. <laughs> so what they found is that the fruit flies, after they ate a big meal, fell asleep. Okay, well, we knew that already with people. I don't think we have to do studies on that. Um, but if you're eating a high-protein meal, again, the high-protein meal is harder to digest. The number one consumer of energy we have as humans is romance. The number I'll keep it clean. It's family show. Number two consumer of energy is digestion. And the hardest, foods to di hardest food to digest are the animal proteins. So if you're going to have a steak sandwich, high protein, cheese probably on it, saturated fats to clumpy red blood cells together, carbohydrates, you've got the perfect combination for a nap. And when I teach this, I've, I've, I've taught this in colleges and, and, and high schools already, and even to businesses when I do workshops for businesses on, on productivity. I'll say, listen, watch what you eat for lunch. Because if you have a big meeting in the afternoon, let's say Garrett and I have a meeting this afternoon, and we're both vying for the same job. And I went out and had a cheesesteak sandwich and a piece of pizza because it was quick, easy, it was cheap, it was real close to the meeting. But Garrett was smart, and he had a big salad. When we go in to do our presentations, who's going to win? Garrett's going to win. Let's assume everything else is equal. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be exhausted. Garrett's going to have super energy. So a little trick you can do is just be careful about what you're eating. You have a lot more energy. Uh, so it's not just for productivity, but it's for whatever you have. Let's assume you have a date. In fact, uh, Valentine, every year, the only lecture I ever uh, repeat every year and every show I ever did is the Food Romance Connection. And every year, it's a big popular show. 
And one of the things we talk about is let's assume you're going out for a romantic dinner. That's got everybody's attention now. Going out for a romantic dinner and you have steak and lobster and uh, cheesecake and coffee and uh, maybe a drink, some wine, some bread and butter. You're not going to be in a very romantic mood because you're going to be exhausted. Now, if you go out and have a, a, a simple meal, like let's say a uh, arugula salad, arugula is high in nitrates, nitrates convert into nitric oxide, which increases your blood flow, gives you energy. Maybe with beets on top of it, increases your blood flow, increases your energy level. Have some water, uh, have some uh, fruit. Now, when it comes time for a romantic evening to go into phase two, you're gonna have a lot more energy. You're gonna feel a lot better. You're gonna enjoy yourself a lot more. So the only thing about eating these bad foods, what I call the seven deadly sins, alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener, the only benefit I see to eating them is they taste good. And I was normal once. I really was. And I used to eat those foods. And I remember how good a, a meatball sub was with a provolone cheese on crunchy Italian bread. It was really good. But it's not worth it to me. I like pina coladas. I was, I was like girly drinks. My friends made fun of me. But pina coladas, slow gin fizzes. And I enjoyed the flavor but it wasn't worth it to me. And that's how I want you to consider if what I'm going to eat, is it worth it to me? The answer is probably going to be no. So if you want to get that energy up, eating a plant-based diet means high energy. And you know, going back to Valentine's Day and those romantic dinners, something I noticed is the, the nicer the restaurant, you know, you obviously want to impress, sure. especially on that first date, mm -hmm. Valentine's Day aside. Um, the nicer the restaurant, the smaller the portions. Maybe there's something to that. There could be to that. Well, it's more expensive too. <laughs> and usually the nicer the restaurant, the less healthy the food is too, which is interesting. I always looked at that and said, okay, I'm spending X amount of dollars for a small steak and maybe a little piece of lobster, or I'm going to go to a, I don't know, a, a Ethiopian restaurant. and You go to uh, Tassili's and get her burrito. Uh -huh. It's raw and it's this big. It's monstrous. Yes. And you eat <laughs> that, you feel great. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's funny. The, the less expensive food I find is usually the healthier food. And the less, the less fancy the restaurant, usually the healthier food is too, which is kind of interesting. Now, there may be some, you know, fried chicken joints or barbecue joints or something like that. But generally speaking, I, I'd much rather go to, you know, an Asian restaurant, uh, a Korean restaurant. And uh, I really enjoy that food a lot better. And it's always funny. In, in, in normal times, uh, Garrett and I get invited out a lot for marketing dinners because attorneys want to meet with us, insurance companies want to meet with us, um, uh, other doctors want to meet with us, maybe they want to get on our radio shows or get on our TV shows or they want to do referrals with us. And inevitably, where do they take us, Garrett? Steakhouse. A steakhouse, 100% of the time. time. And I laugh, it's like, okay, do you know who you're trying to court here, you know? And uh, I remember we were, we were at one one day and, and Garrett got a, a big plate of veggies and I got a roasted cauliflower. And um, everybody else was ordering steak and they had, uh, you know, oysters on a half shell and wine flowing and bar open. And um, so much food was wasted, which, of course, always breaks my heart. I grew up really poor. But I was laughing at our meals with a, by far the cheapest thing on the menu. And everybody there was like, what are you eating, Garrett? What are you eating, Dr. Joe? Can I take a bite of that? I lost half my meal that night. I know. We wouldn't even get to eat that night, right? <laughs> so the less expensive food is usually a better choice for you. The less processed food is a better choice for you. And more plant-based, the better off you're going to be. So it's really not hard to figure these things out, to how to get more energy. And I also want you to eat something raw at every meal. Now, when I say raw, broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, avocado, salad, because raw food has something in it called enzymes, and enzymes give you a ton of energy. And that's one of the benefits of Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. Many of the ingredients are raw, so the enzymes are still active. And so when people take Super Greens and Essential Source, they'll say, I just got this burst of energy. It's crazy. What's in this stuff? 
Other things you might want to consider supplement-wise, because people ask me all the time, I'm tired all the time, Dr. Joe, what do I do? Uh, Dr. Joe's nitric oxide support. It's a vasodilator, opens up your blood vessels. I can only take it in the morning. I can't take it at night, I can't sleep. B-complex, Dr. Joe's B-complex, great for energy. Dr. Joe's adrenal support. So if I had to give you supplement protocol, super greens, essential source, nitric oxide, B-complex, and adrenal support. We want to be your doctor to get you well and keep you well. Again, the website, drjoe.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.